you know, you really just say, just do it, just do it anyway. But what I notice about that experience is that um, I, it's not always the same every day, but to make it really simple, if you want to have a, a routine like that as a cold shower, something that resonated with me in the podcast we listened to before this was just start with 10 seconds. Your capacity today is 10 seconds. Your threshold today is 10 seconds. That's it. Boom. Done. Then to tomorrow, maybe it's still 10 seconds because you're still getting, trying to get safe in this experience. Maybe then the next week it's 30 seconds and then it's a minute, you know, like what's the progression. But I think sometimes as men, and I know a lot of you are going to resonate with this is that we just think we need to go from zero to a hundred in every single thing that we do. So we have to jump out that plane because that's the only way I'm going to conquer this fear. Not necessarily. You might climb a mountain the next week and be scared out of your mind. Like it's not necessarily the conquering that really is the important part. It's just about being able to face what comes when you're in that experience. And that really knocked me out of the park. This is something that resonated with me deeply. It's not the cold shower that I hate. It's the thoughts that come up that create a feeling when I'm about to do so. The inner critic, the self-doubt, the fear, the guilt, the identity, all of these things come up when I'm about to take on something. And that is really what I don't want to face. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mask Ulinity. The C is replaced with the K to represent the masks we wear as men in this world. I'm your co-host, CK, a.k.a. Coach Kyle. What's going on, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. Thanks for joining us for another episode today. This one was inspired by a few things. Uh, We're going to be talking about finding your edge today. What does it mean to find your edge? What does it mean to do it in a healthy way? How do we know when we've overextended beyond our edge, beyond our capacity and what that feels and looks like and how to do it in healthy ways? This is a cool concept. I think that it's not talked about often. I think we do it unconsciously a lot and we don't really know. And I think that that shows up at least for me personally, in a lot of unhealthy ways. So we're going to describe what that means, get into the nitty gritty of finding your edge and why it's important for us as men to do so. But before we do that, you know what time it is. It's move. Sometimes I think you're just going to keep going. I'm just waiting. I'm like, can he hold this note for longer? <laughs> I'm too competitive for that. Don't, don't, don't throw that my way. Next week, I'll be Mariah Carey. Honestly, next mood check, I can already hear. I'm going to go for as long as I can. And, and then by nature, you're going to be like, oh, I got this guy. I got this guy. I'm going to start doing Winhoff training and everything. Just <laughs> so I can push a, push a mood check out. Oh, that's good. Talk to me about your mood, man. How are you doing today? I was actually preparing for this mood check this morning. I could feel it. I don't know what it was. Sometimes I just like, what am I going to say in my mood check? Rather than like, how is this episode going to go? Which speaks, I think, to a lot of our experience. But what is my mood? I'm going to keep it simple this morning. My mood is excited and anxious at the same time. It's nervous and... mm, ready. I have a lot of like 
they're kind of working together. A lot of these feelings, I can feel them working together as a team. And at the same time, it's kind of just like a constant system shocking experience. I have to constantly um, regulate myself throughout the day these days. I don't know exactly when this episode will come out, but I guess I haven't really officially announced to everybody in this room yet. Um, But my partner and I will be moving to Costa Rica. Uh, We have been planning this for a while. So this might be coming out in August. I'm not sure, but um, whatever the August 15th is my first day in Costa Rica. So that's why all these mixed feelings are coming in. We are in the back and forth of what this looks like and what it feels like. And so I have to regulate myself a lot (laughs) because there's lots to do, but there's lots to look forward to, but there's still lots to do, but there's lots to look forward to. (laughs) It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So that's, that's my mood in a, in a quick nutshell. Yeah. I mean, that's a, makes sense that you're feeling all those things, man. It's not, it's not, you're you're not moving to, you know, another Canadian city, you know, moving Mm -hmm. to Costa Rica. It's like, there's no real mental way to prepare for that other than just throw yourself at it and figure it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's exactly how we feel. There's probably a lot of, you know, anxiousness and nervousness that comes from just like the uncertainty, but that's also the fun of it. That's also Mm -hmm. the exciting part. You know, what's there to learn? How are you going to feel? How are you going to move through it? Um, Yeah. And on that topic, I mean, Hey, listen, we're finding our edge in this experience. Definitely. (laughs) definitely. You'll find out where your threshold is. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What about you, Poppy? What's your mood like? Uh, My, my mood. I feel very, um, I have like a large sense of belonging right now, I would say. Mm. Um, I'm at this time of this recording, I'm in Winnipeg and my family, my couple, a lot of my family's kind of come in and we've had a little bit of a reunion reconnected with some of like my close friends. So um, it feels like this feeling of just like, okay, you know, sometimes when you, when you embark on a journey for yourself, it's a bit lonely, right? When you, when you embark on, you know, trying to find your edge and uh, you know, other areas, it's a, it's a bit of a lonely journey sometimes. And um, there's times like this where, you know, you reconnect with your people and you reconnect with your family and you not only reinstill your, your why, or your purpose, but you, um, you feel that feeling of being on a team again, you know, where, you know, you're needed, you're, you know, you're valuable. Um, I think that this trip has been a very good reminder of that. Um, yeah, that big sense of belonging, a big sense of, of gratitude, um, in terms of kind of like, you know, the fact that I have this, you know, sometimes it feels like I don't, but, you know, when you come in and you realize, okay, cool. It's just space. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just a gap between the mm. feelings are still there. The, the, the desire to want to see you successful is still there. The support is still there. Um, and this is something, you know, I got to work on as well. Sometimes it's just like being able to reach back out and, you know, sometimes it feels easier to get support from someone who's right underneath you versus like a phone call, right? Mm. When you call somebody and you, you know, you're reaching out for help, it feels a very direct, and sometimes I think mm-hmm. people don't like the direct approach of getting support because it's, it's too direct. Right. But where, when you're in the same city as someone, you know, you go out for coffee, you come back, there's a little bit more of an indirect way of being like, Hey, let, let me bring up something more organically. Maybe you can help me with it. Maybe you can't. And then I feel like, you know, with all those extra touch points, you're able to actually move through things a little bit more smoother and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say belonging, gratitude, um, are the two big ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with those. A little right. bit, a little bit all over the place too, though. A little bit scattered. 
Mm. Um, you know, you could probably attest to that too. We've had like so many on the fly meetings in cars and, um, <laughs> like, you know, it's just now that I am a part of a team, it was kind of like, all right, pick up the shovel buddy like over there you know what i mean so there's been yeah. a lot of like driving around there's been a lot of just like seeing different people and getting you know so it's been very very busy um and so it's been sporadic in its own way too but mm. but that's worth it mm -hmm. that's great i mean there, i don't know if there's really many better feelings than belonging uh or feeling like you belong and feeling like you have that space there's i think that's what so many of us crave you know, and it's one of the reasons why we built this podcast and why we partnered with men's league is because it's a community of men who aren't necessarily going to say, Hey, listen, I need help. They're just being a part of a space of other men. And if it comes up organically through conversation, perfect, it's such a different way of approaching it. So I think that that is essential to human vitality, you know, is that mm -hmm. sense of belonging. So that makes me feel very grateful on this end that you felt that way. Cause I know the life in Toronto and I know uh, how lonely it can feel sometimes in that big city. So uh, I'm grateful, very grateful. And I think that the last part that you, that you shared is a bit about what we could get into today is finding our edge into that capacity. Uh, you brought up asking for support is also sometimes finding our edge, right? So I think that um, that's going to be an interesting interplay. But to get into the conversation, um, finding your edge. So what is it? How do we do it? And how do we um, discover it in a healthy way? So this episode was inspired by a post I saw. And I've come across this concept of the edge before. And I would say that in my own personal life, I've pursued the understanding of my edge in small pockets. But a lot of times it wasn't really intentional. So then I saw this post and it just reminded me of the importance of it and how to, I guess, think about it. So the post is, what is the edge? The edge is the space between fear and growth. It's where a man understands his true capacity. Let's use the example of a young hawk. This is still reading the post. A young hawk will fly as high as it can until it can't breathe. And then it passes out and falls down towards the earth. It wakes up right before it hits the ground, and then it tries again. The hawk does this test to find its capacity and find its edge. Then they quote two quotes we'll share later, and then the question at the end is, do you know your edge? So I think for me, like the biggest thing that comes out of this is the fact that it's almost like this hawk um, it's not necessarily knowing it's like natural limitations in a way and because it doesn't have the cognitive ability, right? Like we as humans do. So it just goes up, flies up. All of a sudden it's like, whoa, I'm dizzy. <laughs> and then it passes out and then it goes back down to the ground and then it wakes up naturally by the oxygenation. I, I think that as humans, we let logic and you know, our minds get in the way of what this understanding is. Right? We have so many past experiences that, that enter throw themselves in the way of this experience and make it really complicated to find our edge in healthy ways to approach it in um, an intentional and purposeful way can be very difficult. And so I think that's why a lot of us don't find our edge or we surpass it so aggressively that we're, you know, we're not catching ourselves before we fall, hit the ground like the hawk and, you know, we really take ourselves out. As I share this though, um, this post with you, what resonated with you, what landed, what comes up for you around the edge? 
couple things, to be honest. I think that there's so much to kind of get into with this conversation because there's, I think maybe some of us don't struggle with finding the edge, but we struggle with finding the opposite of that, right? The support, mm -hmm. the, when you've gone too far. Um, and I think some of us don't maybe have a, uh, they know how to find your edge physically, but don't know how to find your edge mentally or vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do very good at your finding your edge mentally. You're not very good at finding your edge physically. How does those two things interplay? Um, I think that the, the concept of, you know, the, the gap between fear and growth is very, very potent. Um, I think that like, there's all those saying that says, you know, everything you want is just on the other side of fear, mm. you know? And then if you're able to, you know, engage in fear in a healthy way, like you said, and you're able to kind of create an environment of like finding your edge, for example, isn't the same for every single person. Some people need a bit more of a safe place to find their edge, right? Some people are, all they need is just like a kick in the ass, you know, a little bit of motivation. The way I kind of view that is like, if you're a coach and you're trying to get, you know, the people in the room to get to X task, you might just encourage them to do it. Let's go. Like you can do this. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And that might be enough to get someone to get over the edge, but that might also not work. Some people want maybe a little bit more peace of mind of knowing like, you know, is it going to be safe if I push this in my, in my, in my, in my, is this calculated? Is this a calculated decision? Um, and I think the real, the last part of all of that. So if the first part of it is, you know, understanding like, is it your physical edge that you struggle with? Is it your mental edge that you struggle with? The second part of that is, you know, the fear and growth factor, which I think is very, very telling. And the last part is just like being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I think that that's really where the, the concept of finding your edge kind of lives for me is like, are you an individual who can be uncomfortable? Okay, cool. Are you an individual that can face your fears in an opportunity and a hope to grow? And then are you somebody who, you know, maybe you can really push one way really, really hard f physically, for example, but you struggle to push, push it really, really hard mentally, emotionally, spiritually, right? These other areas of life that, you know, are very pivotal to, you know, the success of, you know, what I think is like, you know, to, to live on this earth and feel like, you know, you're actually a part of it. Um, I think those are all the different areas that come to mind when I think of, you know, pushing your edge, mm. um, and what sometimes you can think, you know, you can think even your, even, even your, um, your vulnerability edge, mm -hmm. right? Like, can you lean into that a little bit more? Can you find your edge with that? Is that, is yes. that maybe you talk to one person? Is that maybe you tell two people the truth, right? And I think that when you're able to kind of just like not think of finding your edge in just like a one channel type of like mindset of like just one area of life, like, you know, if you're in your business and you find your edge in business all the time, you've, you've created great wealth for yourself or you're, you're ascending in the right direction. That doesn't mean that you find your edge in every area of life. You're doing mm -hmm. it really well in one area, right? Can you extrapolate 100%. that and pull it into some of these other areas that are also equally as fruitful in terms of like personal development and personal understanding and self-awareness. Um, so yeah, those are the, those are the immediate thoughts that come to mind. And that's why I think this topic is very fascinating because it's, it's not just a one size fits all. I think that if you, if you take the finding your edge and like high, highlighted in a lot of different areas of your life, you'll, you'll find your, your weaknesses. Mm. Um,
and you'll find where you're maybe you're not so willing to find your edge. I think mm-hmm. that part's really that part's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I think to extend off that, you really find your true potential. I mean, that's really what the edge is for. In a way, it's to move you into this new arena of life, this new section of life that a lot of us don't even really know is possible until we do find our edge and we do understand that it's safe to step just beyond it and not have to blitz by it, if you will. And I guess to get make it even more clear onto what this is, we read this post, what is exactly finding our edge is it's a space between fear and growth. It's feeling uncomfortable and also safe at the same time. It's exploring your limits, stepping out of your comfort zone, which I know a lot of us as men love to have a conversation about. Uh, it's, and it's cultivating, this one really shook me, is cultivating a deeper sense of awareness of your own body. And I want to extend this off of what you were saying around safety. Safety is such an interesting concept, I think, as a man, is what does safe feel like? And are we even pursuing an uncomfortable and safe experience of life? Because fear says you fear you feel unsafe almost. Right? That's what I think fear sometimes represents as a sense of unsafety. But fear isn't by nature unsafe. At least that's how I see it. I don't think it's by nature a sense in your body of I am unsafe. I think what fear is it's, um, is your edge. It's that trigger point of saying like, Hey, listen, you haven't gone this far before, or Hey, you haven't seen that other side yet, or you haven't climbed this part yet. And so I'm letting you know that we don't know what's there yet. I'm just letting you know. And how we interpret that is how, or I mean, speaks to how far we go in our own life, how great we can be and choose to be in this world. And I'm not talking specifically about the success of our life in the societal standard, talking about the character development that we are, um, or I hope we are working actively on. And I want to share a story in this because I think that it really speaks to this experience of finding your edge, stepping in between that space between fear and growth, but also like, what do you do when it really, really comes and kicks your ass? So I am not, I am, let me rephrase. I have a history of being afraid of heights. Okay. This was a childhood fear. I grew up with it. I never really tested it. I just, I stayed away from it as often as possible. And what that did was it led me to never going on hikes growing up, never went on a hike. I live right next to the mountains, the most beautiful mountains in the world. And I never would go to any sort of mountain height, only the ones that felt safe, not uncomfortable. So then I remember going on this hike two years ago, and this is after some time of, you know, really starting to see what this experience means to me, why I am even scared of heights in the first place. I didn't walk into this world scared of heights, right? So I was starting to challenge this narrative a bit. And me and my partner, we went on a hike together, just the two of us. Very ill-prepared. We didn't have enough food, water. It was one hell of an experience. And we decided to climb a mountain for those that are in BC or in Calgary called Highling Peak. And I had no idea what this hike was really about. I just said, yeah, this should be fine. Like we got this. So we hike and we get up there and we're feeling good. And then uh, there's this part in the hike where things start to open up and it's no longer big trees and, you know, covered ground. It's just stairs actually made of wood because they've built it so you can get up. And the the whole landscape of like what you're looking up to, to get to the top really starts to show its head. 
And again, like I just, I have this condition in me that I'm scared of heights. We get to this part where I start to notice my mind is not doing well, right? My mind is telling me some pretty wild things. Um, we're going to die. Um, what if she falls? I can't catch her. Can I catch her? Can I catch myself? What happens if I fall? Will I hit that tree? And like, you know, those movies where they grab a branch, like, will I grab a branch, you know? And fear is really starting to play its part here. And we climb a few staircases and then we get to this one staircase where if you kind of turn around, you see, uh, well, to most, an absolutely stunning landscape behind you. But I'm not most in this situation. I'm Kyle who's afraid of heights. So I turn around and it hits me like a freight train. Like, holy shit, you are so goddamn high. And I, I stop. I stop. This whole experience hits me and I start to have a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack up until this moment in my life, ever. And my partner's sitting there and she's like, in her head, like, whoa. Like, you don't have these. What is this? What do I do? How do I support? And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going up. And you can see the peak. Like, we're really not that far. This is the last kind of final push. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And she says, okay, let's breathe. Let's breathe. She's trying to support me. And my whole body is in shock. And I just want, there's nothing more I want in this world. I don't even want food. I just want to go back down and she's breathing with me and she's doing her best to give me a safe space to feel how I'm feeling. And the inner conflict is just killing me. And so we start talking and she's trying to work, work me through it. And all I can see is this landscape. So then I have to start closing my eyes. And this is what I would feel as a direct representation of my edge, right? Like this is, this is my capacity right now. This is as far as I feel like I can go right now in this moment. That would be in the position where I would say I'm uncomfortable and kind of pushing the barrier of safe, right? But I think what the differentiating part was for me in this experience was I did climb that mountain. I did push through that and I did get to the top, but it wasn't necessarily because I felt um, safe, and this is the weird part about this like uncomfortability and safe concept is that the only way that I was able to do that was I created internal safety. I believe that I was physically unsafe in that moment. So I was concerned for my own well-being, but I knew that it was just a story. I knew that I was still safe, that if I just continued to go up, it would be okay. But this roadblock I hit where my mind triggered me in, in, or tricked me into thinking that I was unsafe in all capacities stopped me and actually immobilized me. My whole body shut down and my legs were nervous and I was shaking and doing all these things. So then I breathed through it and then it happened again, just above that. So I had pushed beyond that edge. I said, okay, I know I'm safe. I'm with somebody here also who's giving me support, which is huge in the game of finding your edge. So I pushed beyond it and it happened again. I sit and I panic and I'm not even on a staircase anymore. I'm like on a rock wall right? So it's different. So there's my another edge. And then we climb and I can feel myself like fighting my edge as I go with every step. It's a new edge, step, new edge, step, new edge. And then we get to the top, like I said, and she's like walking along this peak, just like 
chilling and I'm like sitting there. I'm just like curled up. I'm sitting there. I'm so tense. I can't move. I'm still immobilized. Um, and so my edge was also there. And so I think that like finding your edge for me in that experience was not conscious, but it was supported. It was uncomfortable, but I was able to create an internal safety that allowed me to keep moving where I think that that third part is really where the elements of this experience of finding our edges men is missing because we think we need to move into like adventurous, ridiculous unsafety, I guess, if you will, in order to do so when it's not always the case, I think finding your edge can be taken to the extreme. I think that's fair to say. Right. Um, so that's my greatest representation of like what I, I would say is like finding your edge in a way that pushes you beyond the idea of fear in the most obvious sense of fear and growth. As I shared that story, did anything come up for you? I mean, a lot came up. I just think that the, the, the most potent thing that came up for me when you were sharing that story is when you were saying that um, you were talking about there when you were having that internal conflict and you're kind of fighting with yourself and stuff. And, you know, you're trying to create that inner, that inner safety. You said something about um, a story. This is this, this is the story that I'm telling myself, right? Like I'm scared of this because of the story that I'm telling myself. I think that that's super interesting because a lot of the times the reason why we don't do things or the reasons why we do do things is because of a story that we have in our own mind that feels like we can't unwrite, you know, mm. it feels so innately true that like people will like, and they really, I think there's a really lot of reason why people disagree on certain things is because like the only reason why this person is going through that and this person isn't is because that person doesn't have a story and like blocking them and you do have a story blocking you. And then that's where all the trauma and all the, like all that stuff comes into play. Right. Cause we're now we're like, where did you get the story from? Who mm-hmm. told you that you can't climb this hill? Who told you that yes. you can't do this? You know, cause this story, this narrative is dictating your life a lot now. And it's, it's, it's the thing that's blocking you from being able to be in a true ability to have fear and ability to, I mean, address fear, I should say. Mm. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where it's just like these storylines play such a pivotal, they hold such a, they live in our mind rent free, mm. these storylines. And we like lean into them so hard and oh, yeah. we don't know where they come from. That's the, the worst part is half of us don't even know where these stories have come from. I know some of it is direct something. Like maybe you've been told something, but some of it, a lot of it's indirect too. just you watching somebody else, maybe not be dealt with in a nice way, but you felt the same way that that person was feeling. Like if you were going about to ask a dumb question, let's just hypothetically use this as an example. You have the dumb question in your mind. Somebody asks the dumb question that you asked and gets absolutely ridiculed in front of you. You didn't directly deal with that trauma, but like subconsciously mm. you were like, Oh, I'm an idiot too. Like mm. I had that exact same question. <laughs> <laughs> know what I mean? Yes. And, and we carry those, we carry those silly stories all the time. So I think that one of the things that resonated with, with your whole story, like your, your share there was just the fact that like, yes. And, and yes, we do that. We, mm-hmm. we block ourselves with stories. And so a great question to ask yourself in addition to finding your edges, like, why am I blocked here? What storyline am I carrying today? And can I rewrite that, you know, and sometimes you can rewrite it yourself and sometimes it's 
therapy. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's sometimes you need more more assistance to rewrite that page because that page is a little bit too lofty for you. It's a little bit too hard for you to process and understand. And and I think that's what therapists do really well is they just they shine a mirror back at you and just go, hey, this is what you went through. Could this maybe be a play? Could this maybe be a play? And really, they're there to not rewrite the story for you, but to help assist you in rewriting that chapter, you know, right. in a way that is in a way that's conducive to a better storyline for you to move forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And it's something that I speak to with my clients so often. You nailed it on the head. Is this like, is this over identification of that's just who I am? Oh, like yeah. it, it's so common in our experience, in my experience with my clients. And it was, common in this experience in this, if I over, or I did for my whole life, I over identified with this belief that I am scared of heights. So someone says, you know, would you ever try that wild ride, you know, at this, at stampede, the drop of doom. And I was like, Oh no, I would never do that. I'm scared of heights. And it's this, like, that's just who I am. So you should just know that I'm not going to do that. Right. And it's this weird interplay that I think gets so lost. And it's such a huge component of finding our edge. Um, it's is it, getting out of this. It's just who I am, but noticing when you say that, because that is where I think there's like the most tremendous amount of growth available for you and your ability to find a new edge. If it, if I'm just scared of heights, that's just who I am. That is where I should start heading is pushing that boundary and understanding way. Why am I scared of heights? Can I move beyond into a different one? Can I embrace heights a little bit and maybe not be fearful of them anymore? Like, is that a possibility? I don't know. I've never tried to play with it before. Uh, I love that concept so much. I'm so glad that you shared that. That's huge. It's just who I am, you know? So something that Anwar and I both deeply value in our lives is personal development. And not just talking the talk, but also walking the walk, which is one of the fundamental reasons why we created this podcast is to support you in having the tough conversations and then feeling confident and safe to take new action with this new knowledge. So what we've decided to do to support you in this is we've partnered with Men's League, a men's mental health platform whose biggest focus is to make a systemic shift in how we view what being a man is and what masculinity entails. Their mission is to provide a diverse group of like-minded men with a support system surrounding their mental health, their physical health, their financial aptitude, and their personal relationships. Men's League is a space where you commit to improving yourself. You commit to improving your mental health and becoming a better man. So what does Men's League offer? Well, let's get into it. First and foremost, they're a private community for men which includes a chat forum and also monthly Zoom calls where you come together, discuss a topic, and you just partake in conversation with other men. I've taken part in so many of those. They're one of my favorite things. Mental health check-ins. So this is huge. This is unlimited 45-minute sessions with mental health professionals. Incredible. You always have that help at your access. Discounted one-on-one and group coaching services, a whole mental health resource library to help you manage your day-to-day and real-life issues. Exclusive membership offers. This is cool. They have discounts for men's clothing and health products. And this is my personal favorite part because I've partaken in it a lot is professionally made online self-development courses that you can take at your own pace. They're always available to you and they'll help you with your relationships, your physical health and your financial aptitude. So if you're looking to get involved, we in Men's League are excited to offer you a 50% off of your first year membership. To do, to join the league, 
go ahead and click that link in the bio or go to mensleague.com and don't forget to enter a promo code MODERNMASK50 and get access to everything they have to offer. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. We'll see you back in the episode. It's just who I am. This is how it's always been. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, or or even the, the 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 lack of ownership sometimes too. It's like, yeah, my family, like you know, my like my family did uh, this, or or the displacement, or, yes, right. It's not even an internal like you're 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 not doing something because of something that you don't want to do, but the storyline that you're telling yourself is that somebody else contributed it's not to even the yours. Fact, <laughs> it's not even yours. It's another person's storyline. Like, you know, and I think that those are where we fall into like really, really nasty pitfalls. I think in life Mm -hmm. is this idea that you can't change this idea that you can't make a 1% shift in a different direction, you know, Mm -hmm. and challenge the narrative. You know, Um, I think that even for me, it's like, oftentimes, if I am very, very scared of something, or I'm, I'm intimidated by something, um, I try to do it in like a smaller capacity and do it more like, let's just keep the heights example. I was scared of heights and I was one of those people too. I'm pretty scared of heights. Um, and I remember one thing that really used to piss me off is I was so scared of heights. I'd go to like these, these amusement parks and you would see like a, like a, like a seven-year-old, like just, <laughs> just like hop on this thing that I'm literally so petrified about. And I'd be like, this is the most annoying thing ever. This seven-year-old is so excited. That's and I can't even example. I can't even pull myself to get into this in this cart. And then you realize it's like the seven-year-old or you know, these kids that go on there, they just don't have these storylines in their head yet. They don't, they have no idea. They don't know that like if this does go down and what you lose and all that, they're just, they're not in there. Right. And it's like, that's when you realize that your mind plays so many games on you, you know, and I used to use the kids as motivation. I used to be like, that kid doesn't care. Why do I care? Mm. We're about to go on the same ride together. Like this seven-year-old doesn't care, you know? So how can I embody a little bit about maybe that, maybe that not care and try to turn it and try to fight against that. Like the brain's fighting you and you're just kind of going to be like, nah, it's fine. Actually, it's fine. It's almost a little bit of like a placebo. You try to like act as if it's, it's okay. And then you go on the ride and you come back. And every time you do something successfully, I try to live in that moment a little bit. Like I try to be like, okay, that storyline is less true today. Mm -hmm. If I was scared of heights completely, well, now that I just did the drop of death, I must not be that scared of heights. Like there must be some sort of like leaning towards no. And then you start playing with that storyline a little bit. And sometimes it's not a complete, like, I hate this. I love this. Sometimes it's like, I hate this. And it's, it's not as bad as I thought. Yes. And then you start changing the narrative slowly, slowly you start to move, but that's the finding the edge, right? The finding the edge isn't, you know, you're petrified of heights and you're going to jump out of a plane. That might be way too, maybe a hike at a slow, smaller peak is probably the first step to start changing the narrative, start changing that storyline, you know, and to take it into a place of vulnerability to kind of shift gears or to show you guys that this finding your edge is versatile. It's not just in fears, you know, finding your edge in vulnerability is, can you tell that one friend that you're really close with one honest thing that he doesn't know about you or she doesn't know about you that you've been holding. And if you could share that one thing, the reaction of that, you know, good or good or bad, because you never know, right? Some people can take it out of context. 
just just that little reach could maybe be like, oh, well, I was a little bit vulnerable that one time, but it actually did help. Mm. Right. And then I was a little bit vulnerable. I was a little bit vulnerable. And you start changing the story to the start. You start feeling good about sharing about yourself. And you start to kind of change that narrative and that story in your own mind of like, no, I am somebody who can be honest with how I'm feeling. Um, and the safety net there is I'm going to tell people that I, I really care about or people I'm close with versus randoms. You know what I mean? Um, and then when you push that edge a little bit, I think it's the really hard part about, you know, when I think about the one in three men, you know, who commit suicide and we just, we just, we shared a post, um, by the time this comes out, it's probably be a couple of weeks, but um, is his name Patty? I know it's Patty is like yeah, his fighting name. Patty the baddie, I think. Patty the baddie, yeah, yeah, Scouser. Love, every time he speaks, I'm just, uh, I, I, I have a soft spot for Liverpool because of my, uh, one of my really good <laughs> friends, but um, he, was, he, he, he gets in this cage, he fights, and you know, right at the very end, he's talking about his friend. He, he got a, received a text message pretty much prior to the fight, a couple of days before the fight, that his friend had committed suicide. And he he used this platform to talk about mental health in a big way. And I think that, you know, whatever his friend was going through, um, he might have told himself a storyline that I can't share. I can't tell people what I'm going through. Right. And the, 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 the jumping out of the plane example metaphor there, instead of like, you know, having a small conversation and see if you can change the storyline slowly gets too real. It gets too real. Right. And vulnerability is one of those things where you can't just find, you can't find an extreme edge that fast. Cause when you're playing with extremes, you're going to do the thing that makes you feel the least comfortable. Right. And for him to even mentally process that taking his own life would have been the better option than sharing what's going on means that his storyline in his head about vulnerability and being open was like completely closed. Mm. Like he to his core probably felt, no, that's not something that I can do. Right. And I don't think to get to the boiling point of life is like, if you're already someone who you can already see that you're not someone who wants to share, but your life is not hard right now, don't wait for your life to get hard to start learning that you can share, you know, mm -hmm. start offloading some of that, start, start changing some of the narrative as slowly as possible, you know, so that by the time it comes to the bigger decisions, you've already opened up the door that like, I've been vulnerable once before I've shared before I have a confidant that I can talk to, you know, and, and then that little bit, it's, it's so minute, that little bit where, you know, you're on the fence and you're, you're contemplating something that dramatic if the door was even slightly open to, I can be vulnerable, we could be having a completely different conversation right now. Mm. The fact that that door was so closed and it felt like there was only one real option, that's where we need to kind of change, I think, the, the, the tonality and kind of what we're, what we're doing here. And to kind of summarize all of that, essentially what I'm saying is when you understand the storyline, start challenging it daily. Mm-hmm in smaller capacities so that it's like, no, I don't do that. Oh, that wasn't that bad. Oh, I actually, I feel way better that time. And yeah, I actually used to be scared of heights and now I'm not scared of heights anymore at all. Mm. And hopefully like, you know, the timing of life in terms of what you're going through and stuff like that will coincide with, you know, a time where you've moved the needle a little bit forward so that you maybe use that as an option instead of, you know, picking a dramatic measure. So, mm. um, yeah. 
Yeah, great story. And I think that it, it just it, it relates constantly to this concept of finding your edge. There's so many different approaches to going about it and understanding it. And I think that the unfortunate part is that we do end up finding it in very unhealthy ways, uh, very harmful ways to ourselves, right? And that that is the example you gave is the most extreme example, because in a way, when we're pushing that limit of life, right, that's, that's just an aggressive form of finding your edge. Like, how far can I go before I'm gone, almost? And, and it's it, an extreme form of this concept. And it comes off the back of a lot of other probably extreme forms of finding it before that and feeling like there isn't really hope in order for you to do so in a purposeful and intentful way. And I get that gets us into this good convert, good part of the conversation was how does this finding your edge show up in unhealthy ways? Because where there is lightness, there is darkness. So showing up in unhealthy ways, I think something that I read coming into this conversation right before it was, um, we think that finding our edge means, you know, never being comfortable, which isn't necessarily true. Um, and we also think that, um, finding your edge is something that you should like, I guess, 24 seven do, right. There's this an extremism point that we get to sometimes in these conversations. So what, what I was reading was, is that my first thought was grind mode as a man, right? Like you just, you're on the hustle, you're constantly grinding. Right. And I think that that can be related to finding your edge. I think that in a lot of ways they can say, you know, I'm finding my edge constantly every single day. I'm hustling, I'm grinding, yo, look at me. Like you can be there. And I absolutely understand how that is viewed as finding your edge. I think that's makes total sense. And then the opposite side would be, you know, sitting in only safety and being comfortable all of the time. Right. So this would be the place of inaction. This would be the place of, you know, I have a nine to five, I do the job and then I'm done with my day. And, you know, I, go home and I don't do anything. And, you know, that would be the example of just living in this safe, comfortable space. And what shook me was that, uh, those two concepts, those two extremism sides of the equation are finding your edge that is driven by insecurity. I was like, ah, that's so interesting insecurity, that word. And I think that's where it helps us differentiate between like, what is finding our edge in a healthy way? Versus finding our edge in an unhealthy way or a helpful way, maybe is a better word or a harmful way. So if you use the concept of grinding, we know that eventually you'll burn out, you'll become overwhelmed and none of it will really feel like it was worth it. And you'll have to start from ground zero again. On the contrast, you never actually get anything done. You never go anywhere. You don't feel alive, revitalized because you're just comfortable and safe. But the, I think the insecurity part was um, on both sides, you're hustling and grinding to find your edge constantly in order to prove yourself to your, to the, to the world, to the people around you, to be better than others. Um, it's driven out of this, like an insecure place in yourself where you don't feel safe with yourself. But then on the other side, it's the same thing. You feel unsafe within yourself. You don't feel like you could accomplish these things. Cause if you do, it might put you up for scrutiny. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to be X, Y, Z. So you don't do any of it. So what's the middle you know, like, how do we find the middle ground of that? And that's really where I feel like this conversation is, is important is knowing when it's unhelpful and knowing when it's helpful, I guess, in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll, I'll add to that too, to give, to give some, some, some language that we can work with. I think the, the couple of things that you're touching on there too, is threshold 
mm-hmm. capacity, right? And understanding that. So I think that like, you know, there's one thing to be able to like training, for example, I think a lot of people resonate with this example, training. It's not, it's not the person who understands how hard to go as much as it is the person who understands how to recover. Right. And so going to the gym, for example, and just ripping the muscles, tearing the muscles and understanding how to kind of push and like, you know, the burnout to the, to your point, the grinding side of things. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if, if there's people who can go into the arenas and they know how to push, they know how to grind, they know how to grind, but if they don't understand the recovery side of it, they're going to be their their exponential growth is going to be limited mm. because you're going to take too many steps forward to take too many steps back mm. right it's mm-hmm. this constant it's this constant like you know back and forth where you know you're you're grinding you're grinding you're grinding yeah maybe you've gone a couple steps forward but have you gone forward if you're got to go 10 steps back now you know one thing that you know I'm I'm doing physiotherapy for my knees right now and I always thought this is a very interesting the way he he described it to me he said hey your tendon is it has tendonitis is definitely, we need to work with it. The problem here though, is that if you undertrain, the tendon is never going to get strong enough. If you overtrain, the tendon is going to continue to get hurt and you're going to continue to keep finding these, these setbacks. Mm-hmm. He's like, we need to find the threshold line where your patella is being worked, but it's not overworked and it's not underworked. And we got to stay there. We got to live in that zone for a long time before the patella actually heals itself. And so he's like, we need to find that threshold. We got to find your patella capacity. And once we find the capacity, we got to, we got to be consistent in that space. And that's where you're growing without the, 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 the fear of setbacks or where you're growing uh, or you're not growing at the fear of being too scared to find the threshold. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that that is the game that we're playing with life here. And this finding your edge is like, how can you understand all of that? How can you understand that, you know, you're pushing forward, you're not trying to go over, you're trying to go forward. And if you can find a great enough distance, they even talk about this in flow state, right? Flow state is like where you're perfectly, you got enough to understand what's going on. And you got enough challenge and you're in flow mm-hmm. state, right? So how do you find flow state in your edge? How do you find that like mm-hmm. del- delicate balance between um, I feel capable. So to your point, not insecure, not all those things, but I feel challenged. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you find that zone and how do you stay in that zone? You know, I think that when I listen to the finding the edge concept too, um, I hear a lot of res- like, you know, how are you, how are you holding up against the resistance of life and the resistance of yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you were thinking about holding a, you know, a band at a gym or whatever, if the band is pulling you forward, how are you holding on to that and sturdy? You know, how are you able to kind of manage the the adversity that whether it's your own adversity or whether it's your own, you know, challenges that you're facing or whether it's the ones that life's throwing at you, you know what I mean? And your ability to kind of withstand that resistance is you finding your edge, you know, mm-hmm. the ability to understand, okay, cool. This is where I want to be. This is the, the resistance that, you know, I'm comfortable with and tomorrow can I have more resistance? Can I put more, can I be more? Because I think the times in life where everything starts falling apart is when your resistance or your ability to hold up against resistance is very, very hindered. Whether it's self-esteem, self-confidence and what, whatever life throws at you, you can't handle it. Whatever you, you're throwing at yourself, you can't handle it. You have very little mm-hmm. resistance. You have very little, like you can't hold up against very much resistance. It's like, you know, you're in a very weak place. Um, but if you can hold that plank, and you can just 
be there. Um, and, and, and in that whole entire time, you know, maybe you got the shakes, maybe you got the, you know, it, it's getting harder and harder, but you're still holding it. I think that that's where, you know, you're at your capacity, you found your threshold. And then it's a matter of being able to be, that's why I think self-awareness is also just one of those things, right? It's just self-awareness really helps that self-awareness is where ultimately you are aware of like where you're at with your threshold. Mm-hmm. And you're so aware of that and you know where the zone is and you know where the flow state is and you, and you know, you know, when you're at capacity and when you're not at capacity um, and the people who can kind of push that uh, those are the people that I think are going to find the, the most growth and are going to face most of their fears. Mm-hmm. And like there's just infinite potential for when we start to do that, right? Like you just you don't know there, there's so many limits we've placed on our lives and on our experiences and where we could go and where we couldn't go based on these storylines that we keep sharing. Right. And we never get beyond those. We never really get to the fullest experience of this life we're living, which is such a, um, um, an unfortunate event, an unfortunate experience, because what else are we really here for if not to just live this life to the fullest, right? And it's cliche to say, but if you start to push your edge in those ways, then you really get to uh, a more lived experience, a more, a more life is available to you. And that vitality that I think so much of us are seeking comes from this like internal forward movement, Right. It's just just constantly just trying to take the next step, take the next step, take the next step. Like it's really that simple. And I think that one thing that I want to kind of touch on is um, we keep talking about like what's the uh, I don't want to say the easiest way, but sometimes the easiest way to find your edge. And what's the balance instead of jumping out of a plane? If you're scared of heights, what does that look like? Can you climb half of a mountain? Right. What is the progression? And this is where your threshold and capacity really come in. Uh, a great example is cold showers. We know that this is almost one of those common things that we're starting to do now, just in general in the world. We know there's health benefits to it. We know that it helps us wake up. We know that there's so much uh, vitality that comes with this shock of this cold shower. And for me, this is something that I've been doing in my morning for a long time. And every morning, there's always this point where... I get to that says, maybe not today. I can feel that, right? Maybe not, maybe not today. I'll wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll you know, stay a little longer in my bed because I'm like, mm, maybe not today. And that I think is that minute push towards finding that edge that day. And I think that once we, something we get lost in is we think that once we find the edge then we're beyond the edge, like it just no longer shows up. Like, oh, we've conquered this, this idea of conquering things. And I don't necessarily think that's true. I think that um, it might show up again in the future, like it has for me with cold showers, where it still shows up and says, maybe not today, because I don't want to go in there. So then I get in there and then I just do it anyway. Right. And that's where, like, I think a lot of like the Goggins mindset comes in and, you know, you really just say, just do it, just do it anyway. But what I notice about that experience is that um, I, it's not always the same every day, but to make it really simple, if you want to have a, a routine like that as a cold shower, something that resonated with me in the podcast we listened to before this was just start with 10 seconds. Your capacity today is 10 seconds. Your threshold today is 10 seconds. That's it. Boom. Done. Then tomorrow, maybe it's still 10 seconds because you're still getting, trying to get 
safe in this experience. Maybe then the next week it's 30 seconds and then it's a minute, you know, like what's the progression. But I think sometimes as men, and I know a lot of you are going to resonate with this is that we just think we need to go from zero to a hundred in every single thing that we do. So we have to jump out that plane because that's the only way I'm going to conquer this fear. Not necessarily. You might climb a mountain the next week and be scared out of your mind. Like it's not necessarily the conquering that really is the important part. It's just about being able to face what comes when you're in that experience. And that really knocked me out of the park. This is something that resonated with me deeply. It's not the cold shower that I hate. It's the thoughts that come up that create a feeling when I'm about to do so. The inner critic, the self-doubt, the fear, the guilt, the identity, all of these things come up when I'm about to take on something. And that is really what I don't want to face about finding my edge. I don't want to face those things. It doesn't matter about the task. A lot of, a big one is meditating. I've talked to so many people about meditating. Like, I just can't meditate. I hate meditating. You don't hate meditating. You hate what comes up when you try to meditate. You don't like the thoughts that come up, the feelings, the judgment, again, the self-doubt, the inner critic, that's what you don't like. And that's why I think finding our edge is so difficult sometimes is because we're not prepped to face that. We're not prepped to face what comes in our internal system when we're trying to face those things. And this takes me back to the beginning when I said, what is our edge? Cultivating a deeper sense of awareness of your own body. That self-awareness is very mental sometimes. What about body awareness? What about body regulation? We're doing mind regulation, but what about body regulation? That I think really changes the game in regards to finding our edge in healthy ways is paying attention to those two dynamics and noticing the body and trying our best to find a safe way to approach it rather than run from it. Cause then we won't take the cold shower. Then we won't meditate for the one minute and we won't grow. We won't expand but, you know, the, the harsh truth of it is a lot of times is whatever is not growing is dying. And so your body is slowly and in a way dissolving, deteriorating because it's not being utilized in the way that it is designed for. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. I think that there's, if any, you want to take anything away from that, it's, it's the, the concept that you kind of spoke to, um, in regards to lost my train of thought there one sec. It was part of the, oh, right. The, 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 the cold showers and the 10 seconds and the, and the, and the, and the edge. One of the things that people don't really necessarily put together is that that 10 second cold shower, you don't know what else it's doing for you in other areas of your life. Mm. Like, yes, it's 10 seconds in the cold shower. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's that internal feeling that you're managing that you're saying you're not scared of the cold shower. Like that part was wildly potent. You're not actually scared of the cold shower. You're scared of like everything that comes with the cold shower, the thoughts before it, the thoughts during it, the, the uncomfortable feeling like that's actually what you're scared of. Same with meditation. You're not scared of meditation. You're scared about what's coming up for you in, in those times. What we don't, sometimes we, we miss is the fact that like that little bit of facing uncomfortability in the morning for 10 seconds, it bleeds into the rest of your life. It bleeds into other decisions, right? Because if, 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 if as humans, you're you, in your storyline for the day, let's go with storyline for the day. If the storyline for the day is I faced my fears this morning. Now, when a challenge happens in the middle of the day, you're going to be like, well, I faced my fear this morning. I'm going to face Damn it again. Right. Damn right. 
right? But if I go, if I wake up the storyline of like, ah, I can't, I can't deal with anything. I can't deal with anything. Anything that presents itself that day, now that's a storyline that we're going to carry forward. Ah, mm-hmm. can't, I can't, I can't. That's not what I do. That's not how I do things, right? So it's, it's so cool to me how like simple things like, and in the, in the podcast that you, you were talking about earlier, he does highlight just like how, you know, routines and habits and sticking to them are finding your edge. It's setting a parameter. Right. It's, it's setting a parameter. It's waking up and it's saying, you're going to do this, right? And just by even doing the thing that you said you were going to do, you are finding your edge. You're, you're mm-hmm. finding the edge in terms of your own integrity, right? You said you're going to do something, you're going to do it, yes. you know? And then the confidence you build from that. Now, if I write two other things on my to-do list for the day, you think the likelihood of me doing them is going to be high or low? If I've already started the day off with my routine, I've said, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You're already in, you're already in beast mode, right? Like you already have triggered beast mode that day. So you're just going to want to get through those things. Now, the awareness is that like, when you get into beast mode, can you also be aware of like rest recovery, Mm -hmm. like time for yourself and rest and recovery might even be your edge because that requires you to just sit. It requires you to, to, to relax for a moment. That can well be hard, put. right? Like that's that that's another edge we find because then what comes with rest and relaxation? Well, time to think. Mm-hmm. What don't time you want to slow down? Time to slow down. What don't you want to experience? Right. Um, Super well put. The reverse of that was wow, very telling. Like you're right. Some people's edges. If you're someone who's a social body and you're, you're an extrovert and you're always out, 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 your edge could just be maybe stay home tonight. See what comes up. Mm-hmm. Why are you so scared to be alone? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's a great, like, you know, extra perspective to add there is like, yeah, sometimes that is someone's edge is just getting away from their default setting all the yes. time. And that's really it, I guess, in a, in a sense. It brings me to um, part of this this conversation I wanted to share. There's a book called The Way of the Superior Man. I think a lot of people have read it, but if you haven't, definitely highly suggest it. There's a lot of great content in there in regards to manhood and masculinity. Um, but we want to share this quote um, from the book, and it's literally talking about leaning into your edge. In any given moment, a man's growth is optimized if he leans just beyond his edge, his capacity, his fear. He should not be too lazy happily stagnating in the zone of security and comfort, nor should he push far beyond his edge, stressing himself out unnecessarily, unable to metabolize his experience. He should lean just slightly beyond the edge of fear and discomfort constantly in everything he does. Potent quote, potent excerpt. I know what comes up for me, but what comes up for you from that? When I look, when I listen to quotes like this, it's there's there's certain words that come off the page for me. You know, mm. it's like growth is optimized. I like I like the, just the the phrasing of that. Like, mm. it's not saying that you can't grow if you don't find your edge. Mm. It's just not going to be optimized, right? Like, yeah, ideally, if you go to the gym every single day and you never actually push or find out like what you're made of, or you know, you're you're probably going to grow. You're probably, you're probably going to get better, but you're not optimizing your growth. And I think that what that speaks to me is that like life is short, you know, 
And I think the reason why optimization is such a, uh, you know, a buzzword in business culture and, you know, is everyone's trying to streamline something, make things more optimized. Like what is, I think in, if you literally think about life, everything is built around optimization, which is finding the edge. Right. Right. Like everyone is trying to help you find the edge, whether it's a business, whether it's a, this, it's like the, anytime you see the word optimized, it's like, how do you take something and level it up to the edge of it? Right. And I think that that is saying, like, it's saying to find your true growth, to find your optimized growth, you know, you gotta, you gotta find your capacity. You gotta, you gotta face your fears for sure. Um, and I think that the last part there that I really like is too, and it's, is, is, is stressing himself unnecessarily. Mm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the word unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Yep. And and I, to add one more thing, because you crushed that. Um, for me, at the end, it, it's in everything he does. And for me, that relates to everything we just talked about, but it's a reiteration of it all in the sense that, first of all, it doesn't need to be twenty four seven. It doesn't need to be this like this endless pursuit. Cause I think that you will probably get burnt out and you'll be overstimulated. Your nervous system probably won't be able to handle that much change in one day. And it you'll get through the day, but the next day might be really tired and really exhausted. Cause your body's saying, Hey, I need to rest from every single piece of thing you did yesterday. But in everything he does to me reminds us that finding our edges, not necessarily just in our obvious fears, right? Like it's not just in our fear of heights or our, uh, fear of snakes or, you know, fear of spiders or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's also in the small pockets of our day where it's your habits and routines. And it's in the pockets of, you know, what, what's your edge in your friendship? What's your edge in your family relationship? What's your edge in conversational skills? Going back to what you said, what's your edge of vulnerability? That small little understanding, I think really helps us. And it takes me back to all my experiences with my partner where I could feel my edge being brought up in the experience of, you know, if I share something in this experience, I might be looked at as weak. I might be looked at as incapable. I might be looked at as clingy or too loving or not enough loving. I could feel those pockets show up in different scenarios. And instead of letting that operate who I was, I could then make a decision to share a specific phrase, share a truth, and know that it'll be okay, but it might still be tough, right? And that's part of finding your edge. It's not always easy and it doesn't always need to be easy, but uncomfortability presents some really tough things to face. It presents a lot of uh, insecurities and doubts and inner critics. And so uh, in everything that he does for me, just reminds me personally of the little pockets where maybe I'm not. Mm Mm-hmm right? In the little areas of my life where maybe I'm really not. And if I'm not, why am I not? And what am I over identifying with? Like all the questions start to come up, right? What am I running from? What feeling am I avoiding? Uh, it's just a good clarification of, again, like what finding your edge is in this context. Yeah. And I, I think as kind of like a, a leaving point, I'll, uh, I've this, this Kobe Bryant conversation has never left my mind. And mm. I just thought it was so and it bleeds into this very well. He was asked about, you know, he had a question about helping people in the league, uh, helping them like develop like the young guys and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he was like, man, people hit me up all the time. And they're like, Hey man, like you've been in the league for a long time. What do you think I should work on? What do you think I should get better at? Um, and a lot of times we do this in terms of like seeking out 
advice. We want someone else's opinion or someone else's viewpoint of what they think we should do mm. with our life. Right. And Kobe Bryant reframes it and he goes, he's like, what, what, you know what to do better. Mm. He's like, you know what you need to get good at. And if you don't know, he's like, when you go on a basketball court and you're training, all the areas that you don't want to be in, that's probably where you should be. Mm-hmm. He said, if, if, if you're dribbling left and that feels very uncomfortable for you and you just want to get back to the right side, well, then probably working on your left side is where you're. And he's like, when that feels comfortable, he's like, if you just look at the canvas of the basketball court and you just everywhere you feel uncomfortable, you live there and you train and you find the skills and the tools to be comfortable in that space that you feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. well, then you'll start seeing the canvas for what it really is. Versus going to the court and just going to those sweet spots that you feel really good at all the time and hammering them down. You know, he's like, if you go to the gym every day and you only work on what you're good at and you don't address that weird feeling that you get when you're on this side of the court or on that side of the court, then he's like, you're avoiding, you're avoiding your potential. You're avoiding what you could be. And I think that that to me is always kind of resonated with just like, oh my God, I do know where I'm uncomfortable. Like I know that um, when I'm engaged in this kind of conversation, it, it brings up these weird feelings for me and I'm really uncomfortable, right? Maybe we need to have more of those conversations, right? Versus I think, and we're all looking for just a sense of belonging and we're all looking for this, like everyone kind of wants this easy path, right? I, I'm not going to make it light and say, hey, it's, 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 it's easy to go be disc- uncomfortable. It's hard. It's hard work to be uncomfortable. It's hard work to, you know, be challenging yourself, but there's a lot of growth there. It's a lot mm-hmm. of opportunity for growth. Um, and so that always kind of resonated with me. It was just like, Oh, when I know I feel like something is uncomfortable, I'm like, I should probably like be in this area a little bit longer, you know, mm-hmm. till it feels good to me. And then now it's a strength. I've turned my weakness into a strength. Um, but yeah, I love that reframe because I think a lot of us are always looking to be prescribed something and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, it's in you, you know, what makes yes. you feel uncomfortable. You just got to lean into it a little bit more. Mm. Yes. It's that internal safety, that internal knowing that comes with this concept, which I love. And I love that story. I'm obsessed because I can, yeah, it just brings up ideas in my own head of like in my own life where I have felt that way. And I've been like, "Mm, no, I'll just go do this. A great example is working out uh, for me is like, uh, I switched up my routine and started a different type of workout experience. And so I started to do animal flow and now I feel the resistance to doing animal flow. I would rather just go to the gym and push weights because that's what I know, but it's that resistance to that thing that says, Hmm, I bet you there's something there. And it says a lot. So to finish this conversation, I think that we, we crushed it. I think that I love this episode. And I think that there's so much value in this for everyone that's listening. And I appreciate you for getting this far because this is an incredible, incredible opportunity to expand as a man in this space and expand and grow in in healthy and safe ways. And just knowing what the difference is between the unhealthy and the healthy and paying attention to the feelings that come up and just knowing really what you're avoiding in the process of not finding your edge. And it's not about the actual task or the actual habit or routine has nothing to do with that. Uh, It has so much more to do with your own internal systems. So uh, my takeaway, my finishing part is just pay attention to the body pay attention to what's coming up and seeing what you can do to sit with that for a second and be okay with that and start to get comfortable with what comes up when you're trying to push your edge. 
And as you do that more and more over time, you get more comfortable with the uncomfortable, which is, again, a little cliche statement, but it's true in that you start to just do it as a practice. It's a routine of yours. You don't have to really think about it that much. And then when it comes up, you're like, right, I know that feeling. And I've worked through that before. So let's just go through that same process again. Let's do the deep breathing. Let's do the journaling. Let's do the paying attention and seeing what I can do to move myself through it instead of running from it. And that is perfect for this last quote from that same book. By leaning just beyond your fear, you challenge your limits compassionately without trying to escape the feeling of fear itself. You step beyond the solid ground of security with an open heart. You stand in the space of unknowingness, raw and awake. Here, the gravity of deep being will attend you to the only place where fear is obsolete, the eternal freefall of home, where you always are. I'm shook, but I think that's a beautiful way to end the episode in just reiterating this work and what the purpose of this episode was in the first place was to just bring new awareness and attention to who we are as human beings, who we are as men, and what we can do to, to create safety for ourselves in this world by finding our edge in safe ways. And the last thing I'll add here is just pay attention to the storylines you're telling yourself and uh, just know that everything is written in pen or let's just say, sorry, pencil, not pen. So anything can be erased and rewritten um, and believe that, believe that it can be rewritten. Um, yeah. Excellent. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you all for being here. Y'all are incredible as always. This brings us to a close with finding your edge episode. If you enjoyed this, please make sure you download, please make sure you subscribe and truthfully, please leave us a rating. We would really, really appreciate it. It's really going to help us expand our audience, continue to grow and allow us to get the feedback that we need to make a better podcast and make better episodes for all of you as we continue to grow. So subscribe, download, follow us on YouTube, follow us on TikTok. We are everywhere, um, but we appreciate you being here and we will see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember that it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.